Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. On Wednesday, the 13th of December, second week of Advent and the Feast of St. Lucy. Beautiful, beautiful feast day. Catholic News Agency has a beautiful article on how it's celebrated in Sweden, where she's very popular. So you might want to check that out. I was sharing that with my local listeners in the first hour of Catholic Connection. In this hour of CC with TT, you are going to be treated to... The gift of a young man, Anthony Coniglio, and in full disclosure, he's actually the son of my manager, Gail Coniglio. And I always tease Gail. I don't know what you were carrying, Gail, when you when you uh, eating when you carried these these children of yours because they're all brilliant. But Anthony is incredible. He's a PhD student in mathematics at Princeton, specializing in the mathematical physics of Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. Previously studying mathematics at Columbia and the University of Cambridge, undergraduate, quadruple major, receiving undergraduate degrees in mathematics, physics, astronomy, and piano performance. He's also a virtuoso pianist, receiving awards in various piano competitions, and has studied piano with Grammy Award-winning artist Andre Watts. And, of course, he is also, in his spare time, an active member of the Institute for Advanced Physics, an organization of Catholic scientists established to advance modern science in a balanced fashion that does not leave behind the correct philosophical foundations nor the proper moral and spiritual component. So why is Anthony with us today? Well, last year, Anthony, during the Christmas season, did an incredible performance, taking a look and playing and treating people at a local parish in the Archdiocese of Miami, Gave, him a be- gave them a beautiful musical treat of his musical talents, playing many Christmas carols on the piano, and then explaining the Christmas carols from a mathematical perspective and how, how do I explain this? Just, uh, Anthony, go give us the details, but the incredible detail of Christ's birth when it comes to astronomy. When it, it, it's just, it's mind-blowing. It's understandable, though, in the way he explains it. So I'm just going to let him do it. But suffice it to say that E.W. Chan saw it, and decided, you know what, this is really great stuff. It's entertaining, it's interesting, it's so faithful, it's beautiful. So they edited it down in bite-sized proportions. So there's going to be several opportunities, in addition to the interview this morning on Catholic Connection, for you to listen and to see this performance that Anthony did last Christmas. And we'll give you all the details, and we'll also post the information on my Facebook page, at Mrs. Teresa Tamio, and also in the archive section for Catholic Connection. We have two segments with Anthony, very excited to speak with him and it's just going to be just a, a joy to talk with him. Such a talented, faithful, smart young man who is doing so much to help people understand the glory of God in very unique ways through math and music. So those are our first two segments with the amazing Anthony Coniglio. And then we're going to find out the latest from a different perspective on the war in Israel. We have the president of the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem Foundation, and Michelle Bowe is also the Order of Malta's ambassador to Palestine, taking a look at what's happening in Israel and those who are caught in the middle of the crossfire, which is something the Pope is trying to express as well, that we have these people who unfortunately are always the innocent victims in war. And we'll talk more about that with Michelle. So that is our program for today, a Wednesday morning edition of Catholic Connection. Hope you can stay tuned for the entire hour. 
Weather-wise, National Weather Service says moderate to heavy snow expected to impact portions of the southern Rockies and High Plains, and that will occur through tomorrow. It's four minutes past the hour. We have a lot of news to get through, so let's get started. You are listening to Catholic Connection once again right here on EWTN. The passion for proclamation of the gospel involves every Christian from the beginning. That's according to Pope Francis at his weekly general audience on Wednesday, concluding his cycle of reflections on Christian apostolic zeal. The Vatican reporting, the Pope noting as he recounted Gospels by Mark, that miracles were accomplished, the Gospel of Mark, that miracles were accomplished in territories, then predominantly inhabited by pagans, not Jews. This, the Holy Father said, shows us that Jesus is able to miraculously open the ears and the mouths of those who cannot hear or speak, where deafness and muteness in the Bible signify metaphorically being closed to God's will. Pope Francis added this should also make us reflect on our own attitude as Christians. A Christian, he said, must be open to the word of God and to serving others. Meanwhile, speaking at the end of his weekly general audience today, the Holy Father making a new appeal for an end to the war in Gaza. He says he continues to follow the conflict there with much worry and pain, and he renewed his call for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. He stressed the population of Gaza on its last legs and really needs help. The Pope also renewing his appeal again for the immediate release of all Israeli hostages, saying, let all hostages who had seen hope in the truce a few days ago be freed immediately so that this great suffering for all might come to an end. And Brian Shook tells us the UN General Assembly is demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. On Tuesday, the General Assembly got a two-thirds majority and passed the resolution demanding a ceasefire. Two amendments to the ceasefire proposed by the U.S. and Austria both failed. The U.S. says it supports a pause in fighting, but not a ceasefire that would allow Hamas to plan another attack. Israel has started pumping seawater into the sprawling network of tunnels in the Gaza Strip used by the Palestinian terrorist group Hamas. That, according to U.S. officials, briefed on the operation, although Israel has refused to comment. Israeli forces say Hamas used the tunnels to move around the battlefield and to store rockets and ammunition. Massive pumps are put together in recent weeks while Israel apparently weighed its options. The plan is controversial among some family members of Israeli hostages still held by Hamas after the October 7th attack into Israel that killed well over 1,000 people. They fear their loved ones might be in the tunnels and could be killed by flooding. The effort could also damage water supplies in parts of the Gaza Strip. Trey Thomas tells us Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says it's practically impossible to pass aid for Ukraine and Israel before the holiday break. Republicans want to pair any aid with tougher U.S. border policies. Obviously, negotiating a border solution is very complicated. His comments come after Ukrainian President Zelensky held meetings on Capitol Hill Tuesday to make his case for more U.S. support. The Department of Education launching a probe into six colleges over alleged ethnic discrimination on campus. Yesterday, the DOE announcing Stanford, UCLA, Rutgers, University of California, San Diego, University of Washington, and Whitman College, all under investigation for alleged violations of Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. Title VI prohibiting discrimination based on race or national origin. And House Republicans slamming Harvard for keeping Claudine Gay on as their university president. New York Republican Elise Stefanik calling that decision a moral failure of Harvard's leadership. 
Gay has faced calls for her ouster for her answer to questions about whether calls for the genocide of Jews violates university's code of conduct. Stefanik leading the questioning during a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism last week. Elizabeth McGill resigned as a president of the University of Pennsylvania over the weekend after she also faced backlash. Mark Mayfield tells us the House Rules Committee is expected to vote today to authorize the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. At a meeting Tuesday, Massachusetts Democrat Jim McGovern accused his Republican colleagues of carrying out a sham impeachment. He claimed there's no evidence the president did anything wrong. Oklahoma Republican Tom Cole, meanwhile, said the inquiry needs to be formalized to enforce subpoenas and pursue the information needed to look into the accusations against the president. Republicans accused Biden of carrying out an influence peddling scheme and profiting from his family's foreign business dealings. Arizona's Democratic governor is calling on the Biden administration to fork over more than half a billion dollars as the migrant crisis grows. Arizona has borne the brunt of federal inaction on our southern border, and I'm tired of it. Katie Hobbs making the reimbursement request in a letter to Joe Biden, citing what she calls the federal government's failure to secure Arizona's border with Mexico. Hobbs believes a decision to close a port of entry southwest of Tucson has created an unmitigated risk and put the state's safety and commerce at risk. Customs and Border Protection shut down a particular port last week to provide more help to the Border Patrol for migrant processing. And the Texas National Guard is trying to dissuade asylum seekers from crossing the border illegally. They're now building what's called an anti-climb barrier on the outskirts of Brownsville. It's uh, eight foot by 12 foot fences that uh, we're able to string together here. We're going to reinforce it with C-wire on it as well to make it even more anti-climb. That's Captain Chris Daniel, who says the idea is to slow down illegal crossings so that the human traffickers can be arrested. Border Patrol in the El Paso area are encountering just about 1,000 illegal immigrants per day. Shelters are so overwhelmed, they're releasing people onto the streets of the local border town. New York City Mayor Eric Adams reacting to a recent poll that shows only 28% of voters approve the job he's doing. The mayor says he respects that New Yorkers are angry. Partly, he says, because of budget cuts and the migrant crisis, which he blames mostly on the federal government. This has been a successful administration that got hit with a national crisis. The Quinnipiac poll shows 30 percent believe he did something unethical related to an investigation into his mayoral campaign back in 2021. The mayor, though, insisting he followed the rules and says there are political opportunists out to get him. Oxford Community Schools in Michigan laying out their new emergency response plan developed after the November 2021 deadly shooting. Some of the community, however, are not pleased with the plan. You answered none of the important questions we had at those listening sessions. We all know it. We have been asking for you to take accountability, which means saying the words that you failed. That school shooting took the lives of four students and also injured several other people. Marijuana use during pregnancy now being linked to low birth weight. A study published yesterday by the American Medical Association looking at over 9,000 pregnant women across the U.S. and found that cannabis use was associated with an increased risk of unhealthy outcomes, including low birth rate. Researchers at the University of Utah found the risk of possible negative outcomes rose by nearly 30 percent in those who use cannabis while pregnant. No interest rate spikes are expected as the Federal Reserve ends its last meeting of the year. Bank rates Greg McBride does not expect another hike in the current cycle. They just won't come out and say that yet. Uh, They want to continue to talk tough, if you will, a little bit about just uh, the idea that they may need to raise rates further. 
Inflation has dropped to 3.1%, but the Fed's goal is to get it down to 2%, though no hike is expected this time around. Experts are advising consumers to get aggressive about paying down debt as well as boosting emergency savings. Katie Gray tells us the holiday season for many people is the happiest time of year, but the jam-packed schedules, well, they can affect our mental health. Mental health experts suggest to be aware of your stress levels during the holidays. We're driven by expectations, and there's external expectations of the family. We've always done this in the family, and therefore it's your job now to maintain this, and there's expectations we place on ourselves. Bradley Dirks, Kansas State University, says seasonal demand can easily. We get overwhelmed, we get tired, we get worn out, and we've done it for how many years? Dirks says stress can lead to physical illness, depression, anxiety, and and even substance abuse. But there are some ways to manage our stress, like being more selective with our time and taking walks when we can. And finally, in our new segment, at almost 13 minutes past the hour on a Wednesday morning, the Feast of St. Lucie, December 13th, a Colorado Springs man is putting on a big holiday display at his house in hopes of raising donations for local nonprofits. Mark Ingalls says he just wants to get people into the spirit of giving. If I can do that... You don't need to do it with lights, you know, and, and I mean, I love doing that. I love being able to do that. And also with the with Karen Sharon and, and Springs Rescue Mission. But you can do it with your heart. Folks who stop by his house to see the lights and then ask to drop off non-perishable food items or money in the deposit box out front. It is a Wednesday morning. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. A real treat for you when we come back. Anthony Coniglio, a wonderful musician and mathematician, combines his talents to explain more deeply and in such detail the birth of Christ. The facts, just the facts expressed in a beautiful way. A performance he gave last year in the Archdiocese of Miami will be shared in portion on EWTN radio and TV over the next couple of weeks. We have all the details, and we'll also put the schedule on my Facebook page at Mrs. Teresa Tomio and also on the archive section of Catholic Connection later today. Andrew gets all the information from all of our guests and posts it usually up by noon. Something beautiful to share, not only today's interview, but of course the upcoming segments that will be aired on radio and TV here this Christmas season through EWTN. Let's focus on the true, the beautiful, and the good. And remember that God, as I like to say, is very large and very much in charge. And Anthony will explain more when we return on a Wednesday. You are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Stay tuned. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, 17 minutes past hour on a Wednesday morning, December 13th. Just a little taste of what you'll be hearing and seeing if you tune in to one of the many segments featuring our guest, Anthony Coniglio, here on EWTN. He's a Ph.D. student in mathematics at Princeton, specializing in the mathematical physics of Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. He previously studied mathematics at Columbia and the University of Cambridge. He was an undergraduate, as an undergraduate, a quadruple major, receiving undergraduate degrees in mathematics, physics, astronomy, and piano performance. And he's a virtuoso pianist, receiving awards in various piano competitions, and studied with Grammy Award-winning pianist John Dre Watts. And he's an active member also, and this is really powerful stuff, the Institute for Advanced Physics 
It's an organization of Catholic scientists established to advance modern science in a balanced fashion that does not leave behind the correct philosophical foundations nor the proper moral and spiritual components. It's incredible. Anthony has a beautiful website, anthonyconiglio.com, and the last name is spelled C-O-N-I-G-L-I-O if you're interested in bringing him to give this presentation that we're going to see in part on EW10 and here on EW10 Radio. Anthony, buona tale, early to you. Merry Christmas, happy Advent. Before we get into some of the, the details in your background, what will people be experiencing when they see the featured programs on EW10 television and hear you on EW10 Radio? Good morning, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. So what the listeners will be seeing and are hearing is part of a Christmas event that I had done at my parish a few years ago. My home parish of St. Mark Catholic Church in Southwest Ranches, Florida, had asked me, given that I'm a pianist, to give a opportunity for the parishioners to listen to some Christmas hymns being played on the piano by me. And what I decided to do was to do an event where I would play different Christmas hymns, but also, before each Christmas hymn, give a reflection on the meaning of the song and the context in terms of understanding the incarnation of Christ and the magnitude that it has for us as Catholics. And so in this presentation, this event, I give various reflections and talk about how we can understand the importance of Christmas and its true meaning in terms of seeing it in the broader context of the culture and of the world that we live in today. And so the listeners will be hearing certain portions of that presentation that I had done at my uh, parish. So you're going to be featured. This will be seen also on Life on the Rock, which is really exciting, and then other uh, places on EW10 Radio and TV, as you mentioned. What I really loved about the program is you you talked about the the science and the faith coming together, and you talked about, because you know astronomy and the placement of the stars, and can you give us like a little tease on that, what you'll be talking about? Yeah, sure. Um, So, given my background in the sciences, I'm able to give explanations to the listeners in this presentation, in this event, about how we can understand the Incarnation in terms of God entering into space and time. See, in the Incarnation, God, who is eternal, meaning that there is absence of time when it comes to God, he entered into time, took up, taking upon himself a physical nature 2,000 years ago. And that says something about the profound goodness and majesty of the physical world. And God came into this world. He took upon himself a physical nature in order to bring us to the truth. And um, this is something that is hugely important and is obviously the most important event in human history. And by God becoming man and entering into space and time from outside of space and time, he brings us to our final end, which is to know and to love truth, who is truth himself. Mm. And so given science and its place in the world, we can use the understanding of the physical world and space and time in order to see the testimony to how much God loves us by taking upon himself a human nature and becoming like one of us so that we may come to know him and love him in this life and the next. Anthony, I know you're, you're, this is something you deal with in the presentation, but I never understood how people who 
are so smart. People like yourself who understand how, I mean, the intricacies of mathematics and, and the astronomers and, and who, who look at the skies and understand physics, how they could not believe, at least in intelligent design, but many of them, as you've said, and you're going to be talking about, uh, do not have a faith, right? Right. Why is that, do right, you think? Right, that's exactly right. Yeah, so um, most of the top scientists today are atheists or agnostic. Um, and so this rejection of God that we see happening in the sciences, it happened first in physics and then propagated to the other fields of scientists. And so to understand what happened, um, the first thing that I need to point out to the listeners is that um, as the audience may know, the primary mode through which most of modern-day physics is done is through the use of equations. So, for example, E equals MC squared is one equation used in physics. Um, now, equations themselves is that they only exist inside of the mind. They aren't things that actually exist outside of the mind in reality because they're just symbols, constructs existing inside the mind. So if you observe, say, an object moving across the sky, there will not be an equation literally written in there. An equation is a construct of the mind that is made up in order to talk about the real world. And equations themselves are wonderful, and without them, our understanding of the physical world would be very rudimentary, and we wouldn't have things like radio and cars and televisions, things like that. But what happened was this powerful, good tool of using symbols in the mind to talk about reality was misused unintentionally. What happened was, instead of using the symbols to shed light on our understanding of reality, the system of equations and constructs became centered on its own self. And so instead of revealing the world in front of us, the closed system of equations ends up replacing the understanding of the reality in front of us. And so in physics, the equations are in some way treated as the be-all and end-all. Mm. And by centering one's thinking primarily on the equations rather than using the equations as merely a tool to understanding the reality, one cuts oneself off from the creation, and then that gets a scientist to be alienated from the creator, because the only way we know the creator is through his creation. Right. And this may sound strange to the audience that this is happening, because from the outside, it can appear that physicists and scientists are more closely tied to reality than the rest of us. Um, but in some sense, this is it is not really the case that the physicist has a fully physical understanding of the world because the scientist is going to focus primarily on the equations, mm. on the constructs. So this wow. is why when you ask an average person, you know, what do you think of when you think of physics? The person's not going to say, oh, it's a study of the stuff right in front of us. It's a, stuff, it's a study of symbols and constructs and numbers and things like this. So this is exactly what happens in physics, and this is propagated to all the other areas of science, and is why physicists and scientists more generally are atheists. Fascinating. We're going to have more with Anthony and also learn more about his performances that will be aired on EW10 Radio and TV in the next couple of weeks. Let me just go over the radio schedule. This Sunday, the 17th at 5 p.m., it'll be one hour, one hour long Christmas special, and then Saturday the 23rd at 6 p.m., Sunday, December 24th, Christmas Eve at 5, and then Monday, Christmas Day at 3 p.m. So plenty of opportunity on radio, and then we'll announce the TV schedule when we come back. More with Anthony Coniglio, featured on EWTN Radio and TV in the next couple of weeks. It's a Christmas special. You don't want to miss it. It's fascinatingly beautiful. We'll be right back.
beautiful musical talents of Anthony Coniglia, our guest this morning, being featured on EWTN Radio and TV over the Christmas season. His website is anthonyconiglio.com. The last name is spelled C-O-N-I-G-L-I-O, anthonyconiglio.com. And uh, just a reminder that his performance, as he mentioned earlier, that he gave at his parish in Florida last year, I believe it was, or two years ago, actually, was it, I think it was last year, but it's going to be featured on EWTN, so you get to hear it and see it, and it'll be a one-hour-long Christmas special on EWTN Radio, and there are a number of days, the 17th, as I mentioned, at 5 p.m. Eastern, Saturday the 23rd at 6 p.m. Eastern, Sunday the 24th at 5 p.m. Eastern, and then Monday, Christmas Day, at 3 p.m. Eastern. You can go to the EWTN radio schedule at EWTN.com slash radio dash listen dash live, and then on television, Life on the Rock Christmas Special Part 1 airs live this Sunday, the 17th at 9 p.m. Encores on Thursday, the 21st at 3 a.m. Eastern, Friday the 22nd at 2 p.m. Eastern, Sunday the 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern, Thursday the 28th at 3 a.m. Eastern, and then Friday, 1229 at 2 p.m. Eastern. So you have a number of different opportunities to listen or to watch the beautiful talents of this young man who's expressing the beauty and the truth of God through music. So, Anthony, take us back. When and how did you start playing the piano? Yeah, so I started playing the piano uh, when I was nine years old. Um, The reason I started playing the piano was that my parents enrolled me in lessons in order to get my mind off of and work through a diagnosis with type 1 diabetes Mm. that happened at the time. Because at the time I was having, you know, uh, various things going on that I wanted to make sure that I was working through with the diabetes. So playing the piano gave me kind of an outlet to be able to work through that. And from day one, I just couldn't get enough. Um, One of the favorite pieces I learned was Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin and others after seeing it on the Disney film Fantasia 2000. And so I started playing the piano and then got more and more into classical music, for example, um, I originally wanted to learn movie music, but then I was drawn to composers like Bach, Beethoven, and Chopin, and starting attended, attending concerts in Miami hosted by the Chopin Foundation of the United States. And by seeing pianists perform, I challenged myself to learn the pieces that I saw them play. Hmm. And from there on, I just have kept, kept playing the piano, and I've loved it ever since. So how has your faith impacted this, do you think? Well, by learning music and having the good education that I had um, in Catholic school where my musical talents were fostered, um, I grew more and more in the the faith and saw God in music. And by playing music, that eventually led me to math and science, because by playing the piano, I saw that the music was very mathematical. And so I decided that I wanted to incorporate my affinity for music as well as math and science into my college studies. And what happened was when I was entering into college, my mother asked Father Mitch Pacwa of EWTN if he had any recommendations of how I can ground myself in college, uh, given that I'm going to be going into a field uh, science where so many mm-hmm. are atheists or agnostic at the top levels. And Father Pacwa recommended I get involved with the Institute for Advanced Physics which is an organization directed by Catholic physicist Dr. Anthony Rizzi, who has been on EWTN uh, many times, which is an institute that is established to advance modern science in a balanced fashion 
that does not leave behind the correct philosophical foundations yeah. nor the proper moral and spiritual components. So this institute has helped to shape me and has helped me to grow in the faith very much and to understand how the relationship between faith and science impacts the culture at large today. And yeah, it's people a- can learn more about that at iapweb.org iapweb.org and then your website anthonycaniglio.com it really is amazing though for for me i mean i don't have obviously the understanding of math that, that you do but i would think that once you really start getting into it and you start connecting the dots quite literally it just just magnifies your your faith because the detail god's detail not only in the human person the way we're designed in his image and likeness but the universe itself so let me one question i want to know is right now you're a phd student in mathematics at princeton you're this expert uh, pianist, and, and you're just so talented. How do you plan? What's your goal? I mean, and I know you want to follow God's will, but what do you think God has for you in terms of how to combine uh, these gifts that you have of math and music? Because you're such a gifted musician, but you're also a great uh, mathematician. So how do you hope to use these skills for the Lord in the future, Anthony? Well, uh, there are many different options of how this can be done, and I'm excited to see the path that God will lead me on. But ultimately, my goal is to help mankind come to know truth. Because ultimately, the goal of science and of any field of learning and knowing is going to be to come to know the truth. And so my goal is, by learning mathematics and physics and about the physical world, and working with the physicists and scientists of the Institute for Advanced Physics, I hope to get other people to get excited about science, too, and to bring them closer to God, by seeing through the physical world the goodness of God, because everything that we know about the Creator is only known through the creation uh, at the starting point. So my hope is to help the world to be able to come closer to Christ through the understanding of science, whatever that may be for me in my life. Yeah. Well, I hope it's I hope it's both music and teaching. I think I know you're a great uh, a tutor to so many, but I really hope you continue to do the type of performance that you gave at your own parish because it was beautiful. How did you go about before we let you wrap up? Pick the particular uh, Christmas carols, hymns that you chose for that performance that we're going to see in here. Well, uh, the main uh, way that I chose the hymns is that I was centering this presentation around. Uh, the central verse in Scripture from the Gospel of John, where Christ says the reason that he was born in the first place. And that verse is, For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Truth, And that one verse right there is the summary of the meaning of life and the history of salvation, Dr. Anthony Rizzi points out. And that verse, where Christ tells us why he was born, is the core of the faith. And so I chose the hymns that were going to be centered around bringing home that point and the importance that truth has in our lives and the centrality that it has to being good and faithful Catholics. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing this time with us. I know how busy you are, especially being a Ph.D. student, and and you're so gifted, and and we're so excited that this special that was in your area we are going to be able to enjoy both on radio and TV. And again, Anthony Coniglio can be found at his website, anthonycaniglio.com. And if you're interested in having him perform the same presentation that he gave at his own parish, I would highly recommend going on his website to learn more about him and his presentations because they're just beautiful. And even though he's a brilliant young man, he brings it down 
to a place where even those who are very bad at math, such as myself, can understand. So if I can understand what he was talking about as it relates to math and the skies, anybody can. AnthonyCaniglio.com. And also visit the Institute for Advanced Physics, IAPweb.org. Anthony Bonatale, have a beautiful Christmas. Thank you very much. And if the listeners aren't able to see it live, they can watch the full performance via my website at anthonycaniglio.com. Great. Anthonycaniglio.com. We'll be right back on a Wednesday morning. Stay tuned. Nine minutes past the hour, wrapping up a busy Wednesday morning of Catholic Connection on this December 13th, the Feast of St. Lucy. Taking a look at those who get caught, caught in the crossfire, quite literally, the innocent victims of war. We're going technically to the Holy Land just to find out what's happening, although Ambassador Michelle is stateside, Michelle Bow. We're going to be looking at, at what's happening with the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem Foundation. She's also the Order of Malta's ambassador to Palestine. Michelle, I know we've spoken to you before. Uh, what's the latest in terms of the situation? The Holy Father today at the audience calling for a ceasefire and expressing great concern for those caught in the middle. What are you seeing and hearing? Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good morning. Well, the issue is that while the eyes of the world are on Gaza, and that's where the focus of the um, war seems to be, um, the war has really spread throughout the West Bank, and Bethlehem is feeling the effects of war acutely as we speak. In what ways, and how is the hospital affected? Well, Bethlehem, um, as you know, is behind the separation wall, which is almost completely closed down. Inflation has just skyrocketed. Things are very expensive. And Bethlehem is a Christian town, which is almost completely dependent on pilgrimages and tourism. And that's locked down. They're right back where they were in the middle of COVID with Mm -hmm. no income. And people are uh, suffering. They're hungry. Mothers are coming to the hospital to deliver without having eaten in a day or two, and families are having one meal a day. And here we are during Advent, um, such a normally festive time in Bethlehem, and instead the families are suffering and wondering, you know, what, what will the future hold? Well, it's interesting because I've been to the Holy Land many, many times in Bethlehem, and you see the struggle that they have just in general being behind the wall. And I I don't think, as you said, uh, Ambassador, that most people would think about Bethlehem, even though we know things are different there, because it's it's right by Jerusalem. And as you said, the focus is mostly on Gaza, which is quite a ways away from that part of Israel. So is it difficult trying to get attention focused on other areas that are impacted by the war? You know, I think it is. um, As Pope Francis said, you know, the bombs speak so loudly, we can't hear the quiet of the voices. And the cry in the night from Bethlehem is um, just overshadowed by the dramatic events that we are seeing um, in Gaza. And the Holy Father is very concerned about Gaza and about the um, one Catholic parish in Gaza that's housing, I think, around 500 people. He calls them every afternoon to express his solidarity, Um, and he talks about his solidarity with um, Bethlehem, the birthplace of the Prince of Peace. 
So what can the average person do? Because sometimes these types of situations, as, as you know, can seem so overwhelming and so out of our, our control or even our sense of uh, we can't certainly make a difference. We're so far away. Well, you know, Bethlehem has suffered five wars and COVID um, over the last 150 years, and our hospital stands strong. And we really need two things. We need to have a storm of prayers, prayers for peace, prayers for healing, and prayers for the wall to come down so that people can have economic and physical freedom. And we have a website, which is www.birthplaceofhope.org, birthplaceofhope.org, where we are um, gladly uh, receiving prayer requests and donations so that we can help the families of Bethlehem who really are now having to choose between meals and health care. And we made a promise to John Paul II that we would run this hospital and we would take care of the people of Bethlehem so that there would never be another delivery like the first delivery of the Holy mm-hmm. Family among the animals in a cave. You know, we're going to take care of them in our beautiful state-of-the-art hospital with a NICU and a mobile clinic and a menopause clinic. And we're just praying for the uh, cessation of hostilities so we can sort of go back to uh, caring for the people and creating hope in Bethlehem. So are you seeing, because of the war, more premature births? We are. Our NICU has been running much fuller than usual. Um, And we're also seeing um, it's not safe to travel at night in Bethlehem because of the... um, security incursions from the army and so women are trying to be um, delivered early um, women with previous c-sections can't wait to see if they can um, deliver without a c-section so our c-section rate and our induction rate is much higher than usual and that um, contributes some to um, NICU admissions but also just the general state of anxiety and fear and lack of proper nutrition is um, leading to an increase of um, babies admitted into our NICU. And what's really um, sad and scary about that is that because of the road closures, parents don't know if they can come every single day to see their babies. And that early contact, that skin-to-skin contact, is so important, and the babies and the mothers are suffering without it. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, I understand, a problem with the mobile clinic, unable to make the usual rounds, correct? Yeah, that's a really sad story. Our mobile clinic operates daily into um, what's called Area C, which, um, although it's part of Palestine, it's under Israeli security um, and administrative control. Um, And there we serve Bedouin families, we serve isolated villages near the settlement, and um, I'm so sad to say we have not been able to be there since the 6th of October. Wow. And it's very hard for them to reach the hospital, and I just, my heart is just uh, breaking for the women and the children in these communities that are doing without health care because of this war. They're the innocent victims of a war that is you know, some 40 miles away. Mm-hmm. And and the whole thing, ironic thing about this, maybe not so ironic, but this is the hospital is so close to the church and the nativity, right? 
It's 1,500 footsteps if you're about five foot four. I marched it out one day. Wow. And it is, um, it's really just down the road and it is, um, it's at Manger Square, which is quiet now. The patriarchs mm-hmm. and the heads of churches have asked that we celebrate Christmas in Bethlehem, much like the first Christmas, mm-hmm. with prayer and thanksgiving. But there was no tree next to the manger, and the only light was the light of the star of Bethlehem. And in Manger Square today, there is no tree, and there is no artificial light, but the church pews are overfilled. The rosary groups are overfilled. The rosary groups, which are traditionally for women, have been infiltrated by men. They're wow. now sort of co-ed rosary groups. So the people in Bethlehem are praying fervently. The um, Franciscan priests are ministering to them so beautifully. Um, but everybody is holding their breath, wondering how much longer will this go on? Right. How will we feed the people? as another time goes, another week without any salaries. Um, COVID was really devastating, and they said it would take a generation to recover from the financial losses of COVID. And here we are again, a year and a half later, and the poor families of Bethlehem, um, they just can't catch a break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you've never been there, I mean, and I know I've been, as I said, I've been there many times, you get a wholly, a totally different perspective once you cross over and you go behind that wall and what, what their life is like to begin with, not to mention all the other issues that they have to deal with. We're talking with Ambassador Michelle Bosch, she's a president of the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem Foundation and the Order of Malta's Ambassador to Palestine. So do you have any idea? I know that the, the war rages on and now there's, there's, there's talk of them going into the tunnels and flooding the tunnels down in Gaza. That was used by uh, the terrorist group Hamas. Any idea at all? Are you hearing any discussion as to when it might be safe for you or other people to go back and, and check out the situation in Bethlehem? Well, I'm going to go back in early January. I'll go through Jordan and um, go across the bridge. But Teresa, I don't think it's going to be open for pilgrimages um, until after Easter at the soonest. I mean, wow. the, um, this, this war is entrenched. The, um, the dialogue is tough. I know we're making some um, progress diplomatically, but it is a, um, a very difficult situation. And we have to think of the aftermath. There's going to be a lot of rebuilding, and there's a lot of talk now. Is it really viable for, you know, 200,000 people in Bethlehem to live behind a wall, for, you know, 5 million Palestinians to live behind a wall. You know, Mm -hmm. as President Kennedy said, Mr. President, take down the wall. Mm -hmm. We need to build longer tables and take down the walls. The walls are impoverishing people every day. And, you know, Pope Pope Pope, um, Benedict said, those who have hope live differently. And I think the most hopeful thing in the world is a brand new baby followed by a job. And at Holy Family Hospital, we deliver these babies. We employ over 200 people directly or indirectly. And that's a lot of hope. And hope is what creates peace. And living behind a wall is not hopeful. So it's it's time for us to take down the walls. Yeah. So is there a website for more information, Michelle? Yes, our website is birthplaceofhope.org, birthplaceofhope.org, and you can go to the website. There's videos to watch. 
There are newsletters to read, and there's a um, place where you can make donations, and those donations are so important for us to be able to deliver care to everybody who comes to our door without regard for need or creed. Mm -hmm. And our ability to pay salaries for our staff is so important. In that part of the world, when an institution has financial issues, they, they stop or cut salaries. And that's the case right now for most of the employees who are being paid in Bethlehem. And we've really um, made a promise to our staff, to the best of our ability, to continue to pay them their salaries um, as fully as possible, for as long as possible, to just keep that glimmer of hope alive in the birthplace of Christ. So what keeps a glimmer of hope alive for you? Because this is not an easy task. Well... On January 6th last year, I was at the hospital, and I got to meet our 100,000th baby Aww. and his, his mother. And he's a little boy. His name is Muhammad, and his mother was just beautiful and just so overjoyed. It was her first child. And there was the gift of life in a hospital that champions life, all life, born on the Feast of the Epiphany. And to walk through the halls and to see the joy of the fathers and the grandfathers. And at Holy Family Hospital, um, we allow children to come visit the babies, um, their new siblings. And the halls are just alive during visiting times with people passing out chocolates. And no matter what the situation is outside, if it's war or um, terrible weather or, um, you know, no income, there's the whole world stops for the birth of a baby, and there's mm. so much hope and so much joy. Will this be the baby that brings peace to the region? Will this be the baby who finds a cure for cancer? Will this right. be the baby who becomes a professor and teaches hundreds of people about um, science and math and law and peace? It's just, there's just the ultimate possibility with the birth of each new child. And I, my husband and I, we have five children. They're grown now, and we have one grandbaby and twins on the way. Mm. And, you know, every morning I wake up and just think about that new life and how important each soul is. And as far as I'm concerned, Holy Family Hospital is a factory of hope. Aww. In normal days, we have 13 babies a day, sometimes as many as 20. And I just can't describe how much joy there is in seeing the hope on the faces of the parents um, and the staff. Each baby is greeted like the first baby. Aww. And there's just something so refreshing um, and hopeful about that, just the joy of each child who's so loved by God um, and by his parents. And it doesn't matter what his economic statuses or what his religious religion is god loves them all and amen we welcome we welcome each of these children with joy michelle great to speak with you again thank you for your beautiful work and ministry with the order of malta and the hospital again give us a website before we let you go www.birthplaceofhope.org birthplaceofhope.org Thanks, Michelle. Got to run. Ambassador Michelle Bow, President of the Holy Family Hospital of Bethlehem Foundation and the Order of Malta's Ambassador to Palestine. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize His presence in the Eucharist? Is it because we really don't go to Him and 
humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you. Are we saying that? EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Connection on a Wednesday. Tomorrow on a Thursday, of course, it's Cultural Connections with Father Mitch. A new study, how children fare in conservative homes, and a look at the movie The Wish. Adomani, see you on a Thursday. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.